Hello, everybody, and welcome to In My Opinion Nation, a weekly Blossom Watch Through podcast. Every week, we talk about a new episode of the famous 1990s sitcom Blossom. I am Jen, and I am here with my co-hosts, Mallory and Eric. How are you guys doing? Meow. Yeah, my cat immediately started meowing as soon as we started recording. And Sushi is here, too. Yeah. (laughs) Special guest on the podcast today. Hope everybody is doing well today. Um, We're going to be looking at season one, episode eight, The Geek. I think we're going to have a lot of opinions (laughs) about this. Uh So this is going to be an interesting one, guys. So this episode aired on February 25th, 1991. It was written by Brenda Hampton and Bill Kenny, of course, created by Dan Rio and directed by Zane Busby. Zane Busby. Zane Busby. So here's a little explanation because I can't say the word. Synopsis. (laughs) That you guys made fun of me for last time. I didn't make fun of none. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) Blossom blames herself for getting tricked into a date for the homecoming dance with Fred Forgetty, a school geek. Oh. Meanwhile, Joey wants to get his driver's license. We are all personally geeks, so there's there's a lot, guys. <laughs> what? All right, so some trivia for this episode. So we've talked a lot about how the episodes were produced out of order and aired out of order. This was actually the fourth episode produced. Mm-hmm. And as you'll see, if you're watching along with us, this is one of the more glaring instances so far of the network airing the episodes out of order. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In this episode, Blossom is talking about going to the homecoming dance when we've already seen her going to junior prom. Joey receives a gift at the end of the episode that we've already seen him wearing Mm -hmm. and he's trying to get his license when we've already heard about him driving several times at this point yeah both with and without a license we've heard him driving Uh, exactly right so there's just everything about this episode is totally counter to what we have already seen so confusing it's so confusing so we have two guest stars two boys that show up in this episode the first primary one the geek is played by chris demetral so I did look into his IMDb a little bit. He, from what I can see, didn't really act after 2002. He guest spotted on a few popular sitcoms in the 90s. He also did a spot in the Disneyland 35th special, which I don't know if you guys remember these specials that Disney used to release celebrating their parks. They were a wild ride. They had a lot of <laughs> cameos. So Chris Demetral was featured in a segment about the Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. and it opens up with the gang from Cheers. What? Talking about Disneyland. Of course. Of and course. I went and watched his video. It is fantastic. And Woody Harrelson talking about how he went to the Haunted Mansion and he'll never go back because it's actually haunted. Oh. So we do a, <laughs> a flashback to a young Woody Harrelson and uh, Chris Demetral plays one of his buds. It's like, you're stupid. You're so afraid. Let's go in the Haunted Mansion. Oh, my God. <laughs> Long story short, young Woody Harrelson does go into the Haunted Mansion, meets a cute girl. Girl is a ghost. Come to Disneyland. <laughs> I would go. That's for sure. You want to date a ghost? Yes. She was real cute. So, yeah, definitely. definitely. It's on YouTube. (laughs) Go watch it if you have like two minutes free in your life. He was also on TNG. What was he on? Star Trek The Next Generation. He was in an episode called Future Imperfect, where he played Jean-Luc Riker. They played trombone in that episode. Yep. Okay, I'm going to watch out for that because I'm in the middle of watching TNG right now. So season four episode. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a while. See, we're talking about a geek episode. (laughs) The other point and another thing going into the out of date airings is 
Justin Wallen plays Jordan Taylor, who is the cool boy at school. Wait, wait, mm-hmm. Justin Whalen? Whalen, that's the one. You mean Justin Whalen of Dungeons and Dragons fame? Hell yes. You mean that terrible movie that was made in the 2000s with Jeremy Irons and in, Thora Birch? In 2000, like right there, right like, on the Like right the in cusp. the pocket. Yep. Oh yeah, it was bad. Also go watch that. <laughs> But we've also seen him in Blossom. Do you remember who he was? I looked it up. Yep. <laughs> he he was Jordan in the pilot. William Zimmerman. Or, oh, sorry, in he the was pilot. William Zimmer- Zimmerman in the pilot. He's Jordan in this episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the the boy that asks Blossom out and she says no to. Yep. Oh yeah. And he will return in season two as yet another character. Jimmy. I think so. Jimmy. Yeah, his name is Jimmy. Whoever that is, we will see. Mm-hmm. He was also Jimmy Olsen in the Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman. He was. He was really for somebody who played a cool guy on this show. <laughs> he really leaned into the geek stuff elsewhere in his life. <laughs> so, do you guys have any other trivia? I feel yeah. like I stole Mallory's. No, no, you didn't. Okay. So, there's also a special guest star in this episode. I don't know if we want to talk about who that is yet, or if we want to we want to get there when we get there. But I will say that they are credited in the the end credits as the character, not an actor. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. Because, because there is no actor that is there, a real person. Yeah, right? <laughs> There's no man behind the curtain. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, yeah. I want you to talk about that when we get there, okay? What year was this episode? 91. Oh, okay. So yeah. the year after that show ended. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a joke about that. Because Blossom was on point with its reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. If we're done with trivia, you know what it's time for? What time is it, Jen? It's time for a breakdown. Breakdown. Let's get into this thing. Ready to get angry, guys? Okay. We oh, open yeah. with Blossom and Six at school where they're discussing the fact that they don't have dates for the homecoming dance. Damn. They lament that the stats are against them because the boys only ever ask the same four girls, AKA the sluts of the apocalypse. <laughs> Thoughts? Oh man. Oh, high school. I didn't. Oh, this is the episode where I didn't like six. And I was just like, ah, oh. she has a lot of zingers and they're all bad ones. Oh, terrible. She's terrible uh, in this episode. Well, we'll, we'll get there when her. we get there, but there's a part where I definitely think she's the only sane one, but we'll we'll talk about it when we get there. Mm-hmm. So I can see Eric trying to figure out what that is. <laughs> like, what oh, we get there. <laughs> so we're out of the gate with slut shaming. Good start, guys. Mm-hmm. Are we out of the gate, though? It seems to continue. I mean, this is the first. Yeah, it means we've yeah. started. No, we've fair. started with the slut shaming. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So at this point, they're approached by hot boy Jordan Taylor, and he asks Blossom if she has a date for the dance and if she'd like to go. When Blossom says yes, Jordan pulls over the geek, Fred Forgetty, who immediately sneezes and does other typically geeky things, and they realize that Blossom was tricked into saying yes to going with Fred. The bell rings, and before they go, Fred expresses how excited he is to go to the dance. I want to point out, Jen, how you said she was tricked into agreeing to it. Mm-hmm. This is where my anger starts. Yeah, <laughs> she no. thinks she was tricked. She 100% was tricked. Yeah, she was. Jordan uh, asked her if she yeah. wanted to go to the dance, and she said yes, and he... Pulled over another guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, she she never, there is never a point in this episode where anyone asks her, do you want to go to the dance with Fred? And uh-huh. she says yes. Yeah. And I feel bad for Fred, too, because we don't see this conversation, but I think it's pretty clear 
He approaches this guy and says, I'm too nervous to talk to Blossom. Could you ask her to go to the dance with me? And cool boy thinks it's funny to not specify until she says yes. And so like both people, both Blossom and Fred in this situation have been tricked and neither of them are wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just, ugh. There were a few things going on in this scene that was just, and like you said, Eric, six is just the goddamn worst in this. She says, you know, if we're not going to get dates soon, we're going to be known as, or Blossom says, we're going to be known as the girls with good personalities. And six Uh, says, we're not fat enough to have good personalities, which as a plus size lady, hey. uh, It's. Yeah. This is cool. Comedy of the 90s. I have a good personality. I can also be fat and hot if I want to. (laughs) You don't know me. Uh, and then when blossom realizes she's being tricked six says it's the old bait and switch show you the ferrari and sell you the pinto six deal with your shit this episode technically that is what happened but but still uh. yeah but like you don't gotta say it like that you know so i don't know Uh, this first scene just set up the whole episode for me to be just in pain and angry the whole time i don't know about you guys did you guys have these hierarchies in school I was going to ask you that. And if they existed, I didn't know about them. Definitely in elementary school, there was like the popular people and the not popular people. I actually had uh, when I was in grade six, my best friend dumped me because she wanted to be part of the popular people. And I was Mm. not. But in high school, I went to an art school like so. everyone was unpopular. Well, it was so it was a very small school and everyone just kind of like knew everyone. Mm -hmm. So you definitely had your friends, but Mm -hmm. there wasn't really like a hierarchy. Like I don't like there wasn't bullying. There wasn't. I mean, I'm sure there was, but not like like on TV or in other schools that I've heard. It wasn't like a sitcom level of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were the same. Like there were cliques of friends, but. Like friends in my group would wander off to other friend yeah. groups sometimes. Then we'd all just come back at the end of the day. Like it, yeah. I don't know. Like there were groups of these are the sports girls mm-hmm. and these are the kind of weird artsy rock people, which was kind of us. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Like a little bit weird, but not like other people talk to us. So I, I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've never experienced this sort of thing. So I, that might be what makes me mad too. Is I've just never. Get in the comments. Tell me if your high school was like this, guys. Well, so my brother went to a different high school than me because he didn't do the arts program. And Mm -hmm. his his school was like so mine was like under a thousand all years combined students. Wow. And his was like six thousand or something crazy like that. Like it was a really, really big school. And I don't I don't know if it was like TV level hierarchy, but he there was definitely like clicks and bullying and stuff mm-hmm. and you know like here are the weird kids and here are the popular kids and whatever so i i feel like the bigger the school is the more likely there is to be that kind of separation yeah that makes sense eric you're being quiet oh no how big was your high school Jen? i think mine was we definitely weren't small enough to be a thousand inclusive um, I think my graduating class was a few hundred. Just your graduating class? But how big was the whole school in general? The whole Population. school? I think we were at 2,000, I want to say. Why? We had 300 kids at my school. Well, you you also told us that you were the first 
like yeah. cohort. So right. it no, been... but when I got to OAC, 300. Wow. wow. Yeah. So my class was 60 people. I think is that is that typical of, of Catholic schools? I don't think so. I don't no. know, actually, um, to be honest, having only been to one. But <laughs> yeah, I just wonder how like their their sizes compare to public schools. I feel like they're there's a, they're at least a couple hundred. Mine was a smaller high school in general, like the building mm-hmm. was smaller. It's just funny hearing you guys talk about <laughs> your hundreds of people in your class. I was like, I think when I graduated grade 12 before OAC, it was 60 people. And then when it was OAC, there was like maybe 30, 40 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We knew well, everyone. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because it, my school was a, a small school. And then within that was the arts program, which mm. was 75 kids a year. Mm. So you definitely knew everybody in the arts program. And then you knew some of the kids like not in the arts program. But yeah. And we yeah. all know that I was not coherent, apparently, in my two yeah. years. So <laughs> there are a lot of just black years for you. I don't know. We don't remember anything. I don't remember second year university. But I know the I mean, reason that for that. I might be for a different reason. That's a different reason. Um, <laughs> there was a high school picture one of my, my classmates posted today. And they're like, this was our secret Santa in high school. And I was like, sitting there, I was like, I don't remember any what? of this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Memories. Who needs them? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, we do a bit of a, a right turn after this initial scene. Um, we actually skip over to Joey and Nick. They're in the kitchen, as the Russos do, hanging in the kitchen. <laughs> Nick is just being domestic dad and doing a little ironing. I could not tell what he was ironing. It was frilly, whatever it was. Was it a tuxedo shirt, maybe? Maybe. Ooh. Those are frilly. Maybe. Ooh. He's getting ready for a gig. <laughs> so while he's doing that, Joey is on the phone setting up a date. And Joey is talking about how great his Corvette is and it's not going to be ready for this particular date that they're going to go on but it's so baller he has so many upgrades on it like a sushi bar in the glove compartment (laughs) which ew that won't keep (laughs) depends if there's it's refrigerated I mean he's just going to put like a bunch of crushed ice in there and lay out some raw fish man I would have a sushi bar the way he describes it like he's describing it like in the fifth element where you punch some buttons and it just like shoots it, shoots the food out for you already made. Well, I also think that's him trying to, to save himself because he says that they have to fly parts in from Japan, not realizing that a Corvette is American made. So then when she, apparently we don't hear the other side of the conversation, but I'm sure she's like, what do you mean Japan? They're American cars. So he's just trying to think what's Japanese. Oh, sushi. Yeah. So he's talking up this ridiculous fake car that he has. Nick is laughing to himself as he's hearing this conversation. And when Joey hangs up, he reminds Nick, I have my driver's test coming up. I'm like, I need to get my license because this girl only goes for guys who drive cars. Ew. I definitely knew people like this, which is really? unfortunately yeah. gross. <sighs> anyway. See, I, I don't think I did. Uh, I don't think I did either. I did in university yeah. as well. I mean, it's convenient, but I wasn't like, ooh, wheels. <laughs> it was more like, oh, now we're friends. And then as soon as that person got a car, we're like, okay, I guess we don't need to call you anymore. Like, cool. Yep. Aww. I'm a friend of convenience. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. <laughs> Told you this episode was going to be rough. This is bringing up some shit. I know. Oh Crying over here the whole time. <laughs> so after he... Starts talking about the driver's 
test. Nick points out that Joey, even if he did have a license, doesn't mean he has free reign to take the car. Also, he might not pass the test and he might be screwed. <laughs> and then Nichols kind of goes into this dad talk about how he's freaked out about how his kids are growing up so fast. And he's like afraid of time, like he personifies time and how he's afraid of it because all of his kids are growing up and he doesn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. He has this great line that says, you know, you're not driving yet. Blossom's not really dating. Anthony's doing okay. This is a good time, which could turn into a bad time in no time. <laughs> yep. Good wordplay. Yeah. So did you have any other thoughts on this scene at all? Okay. Uh, so no. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> the only thing I, I also noticed about this because there keeps being references to Joey saying, I'm not going to have a car accident. Well, after the episode where we saw him borrow quotes a car and have things go to hell yeah well and also when he's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get an accident he spills over a glass of milk yeah like literally causing accidents while he's saying that he's not gonna have an accident and then nick makes a comment of you'll be able to not drive in a parking lot anymore when you stop like basically running into the photo mat which we need to talk about what the hell a photo mat is because oh yeah that that's not a thing anymore so (laughs) Children, gather around the fire. <laughs> We're going to explain something to you. Again. Where's my smoking jacket? <laughs> so back before digital, and we were all doing cameras with film in them, you had to take them to a photo developer and they would do all the work for you. You would get physical photos back. So this was a little before our time. I think this was more of a 70s, 80s thing. But what was really popular during that time in North America were these kind of independent standalone Mm -hmm. drive through photo mats. So they would just like be a little building plunked in the middle of a parking lot and you would drive through, basically throw your film roll at them, (laughs) come back in a couple hours and you would have pictures. Mm -hmm. I remember those in the States way more than Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a standalone one, but you can still these days, sometimes they have like the photo center in a Walmart or stuff like that, mm-hmm. where you can either get your digital photos printed or if you're super old school, sometimes you can drop off a roll of film. Yeah. The Costco's do the yeah. rolls of film. So yeah, if you do, if you're old, if you're old school, go to Costco. Mm hmm. Not sponsored by Costco. It was always a gamble, too, because you never knew. And then you would get back some rolls where your finger was over the lens half the time. Or everything was overexposed. You couldn't see anything. And you don't know until you get stuff back. You can't just delete a picture that went wrong. Well, that's the thing. You had to wait to find out if your photo turned out how you thought your photo turned out. Like, And they never did. No, no. They My were favorite- always weirdly <laughs> exposed or something. My yeah. favorites are the ones where you find a roll of film in your freezer or fridge or wherever we kept them. Do you remember mm-hmm. not when we used to do that? No. I think, I think it was freezers you used to put <laughs> it them It was supposed in. to keep them good for longer. Yeah. And oh. then you'd, you'd go get it developed and you'd be like, I don't think I took any of these photos. These aren't even my film. <laughs> From like the last guy that had the house. Yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> so like, oh, weird. like, oh, all right. Well, didn't need to know that about that person, but mm-hmm. here we are. <laughs> oh, look, a mole. Oh, so they have their little exchange. At this point, Blossom enters and asks Nick for advice on what to do now that she's said yes to Fred. I did want to go back (laughs) to the the driving (laughs) in the parking lot, because presumably this means that Joey has never driven on an actual road. Mm -hmm. So he's going to try and take a driver's test Mm -hmm. without having driven anywhere but a parking lot. 
which seems like a terrible, terrible idea. Oh, yeah. Bad parenting on Nick's part. Yeah. Like, take the kid into a residential zone or something. Would you want to take someone who's run into multiple photo booths on a road after just doing that in a parking lot? Well, if that were my kid, I would probably be like, you're not scheduling your driver's test because yeah. you're going to have to use my car for the driver's <laughs> test. I don't think he wanted him to schedule the test, though. So it's- so I guess just any way you cut it, this is bad parenting. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe he's just letting him learn a lesson by because he's. Joey's very adamant about taking his test. And he's like, I don't think you're ready. If this was your child, though, would you want them learning that lesson with your car? Eh, Well, (laughs) no. See? (laughs) I can't remember what I did for my my driver's test. Yeah, yeah. You drove. I drove a minivan. Oh, my God. Oh. (laughs) Yikes. It was wonderful. It was great. (laughs) Was it, though? It was. I drove that minivan a lot, so it wasn't like. Okay. Yeah, and now I'm driving minivans all the time. Dad life. Uh, Dad life. (laughs) Yeah, so speaking of dad life, Blossom is asking Nick for some advice because she didn't say yes to Fred even though she was tricked. She didn't say yes. She never said the words, yes, I will go to the dance with you. She never agreed to it. Didn't she? She she said it to what's-his-face, Jordan. She said, yeah, she said, I want to go to the dance with Jordan. She never said that she would go with Fred. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. We we know but she was strict. She still acts like a dink. The way she presents it to Nick, though, is that she said yes to Fred, which is not the case at all. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think that's more of a, a guilt thing. And also, like, she has a whole conversation with Fred after the fact where she could have said this was a misunderstanding. And Fred yeah. goes into a whole thing about how excited. She, like, she did have an opportunity to say something and she didn't say it. Fair enough, but I still don't think that I don't whether or not she feels guilty. I don't think that this is her guilt to carry. I mean, you can feel guilty about things that like you didn't do. I think we all do. Sometimes we feel guilty about like inadvertent things. But I, I just had a real problem with this whole episode making this seem like it was Blossom's problem when this was something that happened to her. And she was not responsible for it. It happened to her. What she did after it happened was not cool. She could have rectified the situation in the first scene had she chosen to. And Mm -hmm. she chose not to do that, whether she thought she was being nice or whatever. But she still did what she did for the whole rest of the episode, which let's let's keep going, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I feel like six was normally one of those outspoken friends that wouldn't have taken shit from that hot dude. Right. Like. For tricking like Blossom. yeah why did six not say anything like it was such a weird she does she does later in the episode but later when, yeah like well yeah we'll get there we'll get there yeah but she should have said it then like that that would have felt more six like everyone in this episode is just weirdly out of character and i think we can to a certain degree pin it on the fact that it was filmed so early mm-hmm. so we've seen character development now that this episode hasn't earned yet Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a regression of character. It's also weird that it's like these two fairly outspoken and smart girls are all like woozy, not able to control themselves in front of this pot popular boy. It's just like that cliche trope of teenage girls in the 90s. I it just fucking hated. I just, it just <laughs> so weird. well, I, I, I don't know that that's out of character for them, because if we think back to my sister's keeper, mm-hmm. like, the you know, the way they were behaving around Bobby. But it went the situation went more in their f- in Blossom's favor than yeah. this one. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it, God, this episode is so 
Mm. We don't like it, guys. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> she's asking Nick what to do. Joey goes, oh, I, whoa. Which he does actually say. He does the real whoa. Did he? More or less, He, he yeah. did the real whoa. Uh, and then he calls him Pinhead Fred, which is apparently what everybody calls him. Fuck all these kids. Um, <laughs> who He's basically a mix of olive oil and Gilligan is the description. Do we need to describe who these characters Those are? Those two characters are wonderful and adorable. They are cute as hell. Yeah. Google it. They're cute as hell. <laughs> so Nick does say to Blossom, because he doesn't have the whole story, as you said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that she did make a promise to the kid and she should keep her word. She didn't make a promise. But she also didn't say it was a mistake. I'm not Team Blossom. <laughs> We're going to keep fighting about this. I am not Team Blossom I, on this episode. I'm not I, I agree that she didn't do anything, but I also think if I was in that situation, that I would probably be do the same thing that she did of like, Wah, like just kind of freeze of like what just happened and not be able to in that moment say, no, I didn't say yes to you. Well, we'll, we'll see how she tries to rectify it. And then makes oh, it I'm worse. Not, I'm not. A, I'm not saying that how, what she chooses to do is good in any means. But She's I'm. I'm saying I understand her. her not being able to say anything in the moment. I feel like we're agreeing <laughs> in a way that we're fighting. Yes. <laughs> and that's why I love you. This is what best friends do, you guys. <laughs> so you're saying she's terrible, and you're saying she's terrible. Cool. Let's go. In, but in different ways. <laughs> in different, different ways. ways, she chooses to be terrible. So Nick, again, not having the whole story, says she made a promise she should keep her word. And then once Nick leaves, Joey basically tells Blossom that she cannot date this kid. She can't risk the damage to her reputation because she's a borderline babe. Joey, stop. This is your sister. Stop talking about her boobs. This was so uncomfortable. The Hooter Fairy. The Hooter Fairy. Joey's Joey's up here being Joey. So he tells Blossom. It's your sister. I know. I know. I still hate him, guys. So she can't go out with this kid because she has the potential to be cool. And this could ruin that for her. Yeah. So great advice, Joey. It's not like they're dating. They're going to the dance one I know. time. Yeah. But apparently that one time could ruin everything. So high school, guys. So then we jump to classic Blossom dream sequence, which is kind of a sneaky dream sequence because yeah. we don't know it first. <laughs> so we see the cafeteria. Blossom decides to encounter Fred in the cafeteria where he says he had a great time at the dance and those Lombada lessons really paid off. And then he does <laughs> the cutest little shimmy away. Yeah. Shaking his little heps. And then she sees six sitting at a table with Jordan mm-hmm. and goes to sit down with them. And they rebuff her telling her that she should go sit with her own kind. And then they point to a table of, I put caps, classic nerds. So glasses, <laughs> bad hair, pocket protectors. And we realize this is a blossom dream at this point. Did you guys notice that one of those nerds was like 40? One of them was a full on adult. Yeah. Yeah. The main dude. Yeah. The guy in the middle. He was he was an adult. Maybe he was a teacher. Just throw some glasses on him. It's fine. So she wakes up briefly. She has an elf stuffy next to her bed that we have never seen before. No. She grabs elf, gives elf a little snuggle and goes to bed. And we go back into a dream. So Blossom is in what is very clearly heaven. She's spinning around in a white dress and a little (laughs) cute little halo circlet. Alpha sitting at the entry desk as sort of like a St. Peter sort of figure. There are two filing baskets on the desk. One says up, one says down. Mm -hmm. Blossom hands in a a heaven resume, (laughs) I guess, like a resume of her life. 
And Alf starts listing off all of her many life accomplishments until Alf sees that she dated a nerd and now she's going to hell, apparently. Can we talk about the way to get to heaven and the way to get to hell in this scene? Yes, go for it. So so there's a stairway to heaven and Mm -hmm. you go to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, you do. Which both are pretty good, but I feel like they missed the opportunity for a highway to hell. If they're going right? to do the song references. Mm, I know. And they mentioned John Bonham too. So yeah, that right. was great. So I had a little, one of my little side notes for that, but um, Mal, I know you wanted to talk about Elf briefly. Yeah. Did so you? Elf was credited as Elf. That's all I yeah. had. <laughs> so for anyone who has somehow escaped Elf in their lifetime, Elf was a show that aired from 1986 to 1990. So it went off the air right before Blossom started. And it was about an alien life form who crash lands in the middle of suburbia. Elf is basically a Muppet. Mm-hmm. So there was an entire sitcom that went on for years with this normal white family <laughs> and this Muppet just like chilling in the living room and trying to eat their cat. That yeah. was the, that was the whole show because the <laughs> diet on his planet Melmac is cats. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's who this character is. In case you didn't recognize him, he's back in pog form. That was a Simpsons reference. Let's move on. <laughs> so, uh, well, I did want to say that I think this is the only special guest star that we've had so far that I really felt was kind of shoehorned in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, you know, you mentioned that she has the Alf stuffy that we've never seen before. Like if it, it the other ones felt more natural. Like, I mean, I know we're talking about Felicia Rashad and little Richard and whatever, yeah. but they, they felt more natural in the world of Blossom. Whereas this one felt like they had some deal with somebody to put Alf in the first season. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know where we're going to do it. So we'll make him the gatekeeper to heaven. What do you do with Elf? Well, if I you saw know. if you saw the ending of Elf, which was really sad, uh, this is a nice way to see him not. Does he die? Uh, no, no, he sort of. Um, I believe he goes off with like the authorities. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so after Elf gets dissected, he goes to heaven. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> God dark. <laughs> so. <laughs> Where do we go from here? (laughs) Oh, my God. So that makes this line a little bit darker that I wrote down. (laughs) So he he does make a joke about having gone off the air or or Blossom makes it. And Al says a line. Well, where do you think I went? Syndication? (laughs) (laughs) Network humor. No, he died. I went to heaven. (laughs) No syndication, just death. (laughs) And, you know, you guys mentioned that they go, oh, Blossom goes, oh, is this the stairway to heaven? And Alf goes, yeah, we made it for John Bonham, which is also a sad story that I'm going to tell. Because if I had to know about this story in high school, so do you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Stairway to Heaven was Led Zeppelin's, ended up being one of their biggest hits. It was kind of about Bohemian Rhapsody where people didn't know what to do with it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And now people love it. And it, mm-hmm. they equate it with Zeppelin. So John Bonham was the drummer for the band in 1980 after a night of some... Very heavy drinking and drug use. He did, unfortunately, pass by mm-hmm. asphyxiation. I won't go into it. I guess I should have said content warning or trigger warning. I apologize. It, not a pretty death. Um, after it happened, the band basically broke up because they're like, it's no point without him. So it was kind like they played it as a joke, but it was also kind of a cool little nod because it had happened not that long ago when this came out, like 10 years, right? Yeah, I also feel like they joked about a lot of stuff in the 90s early 90s that they shouldn't have been joking about yeah 
it helps with the pain. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 90s was a lot of very dark humor. So that was kind of a dark joke to make, but I don't know. Shout out, I guess, to John Bono. I guess it means he went to heaven. So that's nice. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. So we go back to this resume that Blossom hands in. So whatever she has chosen to do in her life has brought about world peace mm-hmm. and ended world hunger. And she donated both kidneys to the Pope, which is why she's dead. <laughs> Too bad she wasn't from, uh, was it Malmec? Yeah. Because they have yeah. three livers. Kidneys. 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 <laughs> For lunch. <laughs> So, yeah, she gets basically condemned to hell for dating a boy who isn't cool, which, like, cool flex, I guess, bro. I guess. (laughs) God. Any more thoughts with this weird-ass dream before we move on? I like Elf. Elf is nice thing. Elf is funny. He just, there was no point. Yeah. I'm not saying I I wish Elf wasn't in this scene. I'm just saying it felt forced. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we go to the cafeteria for real. Um, where Six encourages Blossom to break up with Fred, even though they were never dating, but sure. Blossom sits him down and he excitedly asks what she's going to wear so he can buy her a corsage. He's being just really freaking cute. Mally, were you going to say something? Well, I, so to come to, to, I guess, Six's defense here, she's telling Blossom to do what she should have done in the first scene when she was caught off guard. Yeah. Which is, yeah. yeah. She doesn't tell Blossom to do what Blossom does, Yeah, but just, you know, cause you guys were saying six was the worst here. This is a part where she's not the worst and saying mm-hmm. you didn't agree to it. So you should tell him that you're not going with him basically. Yeah. No, six does the right thing here. It was more yeah. just six, six's whole vibe in the first scene was real bad. Yeah. The first scene was not, was not great, but it's not great. Yeah. No, she definitely says the right thing here. She says, just, you know, get it over with, you'll feel better for it. And then whatever happens, happens. So Blossom's way of getting out of this. And this is where I have the issue. Mm -hmm. Mal, we can agree that she was tricked into it. This is where I run into an issue. Blossom decides to go into this lie spiral where she says she's going out of town for an international trumpet festival in Bulgaria and she won't be back until school on Monday. Uh, So, so, yeah, no, go, go for it. I'm not saying she made the right choice, but I am saying that I understand that she thinks that it will be less hurtful for her to have a prior commitment than to just say, I don't want to date you. But she could have just said literally anything. I, then I need to go to Bulgaria because yes, I'm so I, good I agree, at the trumpet. I, I, I 100% agree that what she said went way beyond a white lie to being a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. But I understand the reason why she chose not to just say, I don't want to date you. I don't like you and try to come up with a white lie which this is not, this is a terrible, terrible lie, but to try to come up with something that she thinks will hurt him less. Mm, yeah, okay. All right. I will give you that. We'll see why it doesn't hurt him less later. On. No, I, <laughs> I agree that, that what. I, I, I know where you're coming from. I do. Yeah. I still love you. <laughs> We're allowed to fight, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, well, I just want to make it clear that I'm not you know. defending her choice to say I she's know. going to Bulgaria because that's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. I know. I'm just terrible. <laughs> we never fight. So when it happens, it ends up being funny. <laughs> so one thing I noticed, this is like totally off even the topic of Blossom. And this was more from a writer's perspective is that while Blossom is telling Fred this thing, Fred like spills some milk or whatever. And they're like, ha ha ha, 
on nerd and I'm like, Joey just did this two seconds ago. Right. So it's like cool and funny when he does it and Fred does it and they're like, huh, fucking nerd. <laughs> Writers, get your shit together. <sighs> He's so goddamn thoughtful. He doesn't say anything in the moment. He's just like, oh yeah, sure. That makes perfect sense. After he's just been like, I want to get you the perfect corsage. I'm getting a tux made for me because I'm so excited. Like, he's just being the sweetest boy. Yeah. And he doesn't say anything. He's just like, okay, well, that's fine. And he walks out sad. Although he did try to open the door and it didn't open right away, which was kind of funny. I don't know if that was intentional or if it was was. just a problem with the set. (laughs) (laughs) The door just got stuck, but it was like such a perfect cap. Yeah. That moment. So yeah, contentious cafeteria scene. So we move into one of our siblings in the kitchen scenes. It's late at night. Blossom encounters Anthony having a late night snack. This thing like just loves a midnight snack. Yeah. Hey, this all is... about it. That's when he's having his craving for the oh. pot, for the mm. drugs, right? For the drugs. <laughs> because I don't know if you know about this. He was an addict. Yeah, I think they'll Wait. remind us soon. Did he do you drugs? Know? He did. Uh, yeah. And this alcohol. changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who this person is anymore. <laughs> so, of course, Tony does the, do you want to talk about your feelings? And she says, yeah, she's up late with a guilty conscience. And she can't tell Anthony because if he finds out, he'll think she's terrible. And then he does this great quip back of, You know, eight months ago, I tried to order fast food from an ATM, so (laughs) you can say whatever you want. That sounds like a great night. It does, right? (laughs) So side note story. Um, My husband and I used to live in a high rise that was right smack dab downtown in my city. And we had an A&W that backed onto us. Yes. Mm -hmm. One of our favorite activities of a weekend would be to sit on the balcony with a couple drinks and watch drunk people walk through the drive through <laughs> and start pounding on the window and like try to get a burger at four in the morning. Was, <laughs> did they have a 24 hour drive through, but the dine in was closed? Is that why? Or they were just yeah. so drunk that it was closed and they didn't care. It actually stayed. Oh, I think the whole restaurant was 24 hour because oh. <laughs> they were like, well, they were right beside um, like a concert venue, like several concert venues and hotels yeah. and stuff. So they were just open all the time. But these people were like, I'm just going to walk through the drive through and pound on the doors. And you could hear people being like, just go in the restaurant. What are you doing? Yeah. I worked at a fast food place once and there's all sorts of regulations around drive throughs. Mm-hmm. So you like you cannot serve people who are walking through the drive through because if they get hit by a car that's coming through the drive through, like you're responsible. Yeah. So that's that's if you're wondering why you can't walk up to a drive through. That's why. Yeah. So. Like in normal days, I would think that seems like a crazy story, but I have seen it happen. <laughs> oh, wait, question. Yeah. What if you're on a bike? No, I don't think so. No bicycles? I think it has to be a vehicle. I think I have seen pictures. I don't know from Canada, but I've definitely seen pictures of people on horses. <laughs> and I think, I think, I don't know, but, but bikes, I don't, I don't I feel think like horses so. would be a Canada thing. Probably. Mountain. Well, like a Calgary type thing. Calgary. I was thinking like Texas. That is Calgary. The Texas of Canada. (laughs) I mean, yeah, the equivalent for sure. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know the legalities of that, but yeah. I know you can't you you can't serve people who are walking through. Yeah. So him saying that just like struck a chord with me because I'm like, I have seen those people. <laughs> <laughs> so Blossom goes ahead and tells Tony the story. And then he he has like a cool little speech where he says, you know, you shouldn't bet against a geek because they go through high school having the most to prove to the world. And oftentimes they end up being even more successful because they learn early on that sometimes you need to try harder and do more to get what you want out of life. And they aren't just given things. Mm -hmm. And then he also admits that peer pressure is a powerful thing. And, and he's talking about her breaking up with him, Um, Mm -hmm. the peer pressure to break up with him, like that whole, it's, it's a powerful thing. And it not only got him started on drugs, (laughs) but it also got him to wear bicycle pants. (laughs) Yep. So only once, only only once, just the one time. Which is like totally normal now. Yeah. Everybody be walking around in bicycle pants. Yeah. Commuters, people who commute on their bikes in Toronto, half of them are wearing bicycle shorts. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's cool now, man. Mm-hmm. This whole episode is about people that are cool now. Yeah. Except for one person in an example that's about to be <laughs> used. Again, this is like the third time. So <laughs> this is so dated. So, you know, Tony makes the point of, you know, who was a big geek in high school? Woody Allen and look where he is now. And then we all went. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so I did look up some dates because we talked about this last time. So this episode we know came out in 1991. The sexual abuse allegations against Woody Allen came out in 92. Oh, no. so, so if we're looking at this through the like cultural context of what was going on at the time, mm-hmm. this was not even like yeah. a gray area. This was he, he was a cool dude at the time. I mean, we know he wasn't, but he like culturally, he was a cool dude at the time. Yeah. So we're going to see those so, Woody Allen references really drop off after the second season. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't remember. But so, yeah. yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't as weird a reference as we felt like the first one was in the cultural mm-hmm. context because there wasn't any controversy at the time that they were making these references. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to pick your brains about this, guys, because. We're all like artsy kids. Eric, I think you and I are maybe geekier than Mallory is in what? like the, the, the pop culture context. I agree. <laughs> um, we know I would more say than I'm Malcolm. a dork, but you guys are geeks. Yeah. Yeah. So geek is a good term now. Well, it's yeah. it's loaded, but it, it <laughs> has much more positive connotations than it did back when this was airing. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if this idea tony has of you know maybe the underdog in high school works harder to accomplish things in life like do you guys have thoughts about that like do you agree with that or no because hmm. i was trying to think about it like i hate saying in terms of myself but I don't yeah know. it's i think as we've discussed there wasn't a lot of like social hierarchy bullying in any of our high schools so mm-hmm. it's hard for us to look at our own experiences and and see whether or not the underdog came out on top because there wasn't really an underdog. Yeah. I will say looking at my high school and seeing where all the cool hockey guys have gone, Mm -hmm. which is basically balding and (laughs) doing nothing now. (laughs) I will say that the people who probably were the smarter people in my school definitely did better in life. Yeah. They definitely worked harder in high school and it looks like they have 
uh, achieved more things in their lives than yeah. those others that just sort of coasted by on being cool or not, maybe not being cool, but just being like the athletic ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think if we, if we think about it in terms of like athletics versus smarts, there is a very definitive endpoint to ath- athletics because mm-hmm your body gets old and you can't do the things that you could do when you were, when you were younger. And it's a lot shorter of a career span. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I was, I was really into ballet. I did ballet until I was 18. There was a time when I was like 11 or 12 and really wanted to go to the national ballet and like be a ballerina. Mm -hmm. And my career would have been, if I had done that trajectory and been successful, my career as a professional performing ballerina probably would have been over by the time I was 25. Yeah. So to like compare someone who's really focused on athletics with no backup plan of what you're Mm going to do when your body no longer allows you to do that to someone who is more academically focused, there's obviously a much longer career Mm -hmm. trajectory for, for someone who's, who's academically focused. Hmm. That being said, um, I'm not saying that all of, the athletic people I knew in high school were or high school or university didn't go anywhere because some of the some of my favorite people are like athletic people that actually worked mm-hmm. hard in both school and yeah. in their sports. One of the yeah. guys that one of the guys I went to university with is now he's an Olympic gold medalist and he's also wow. an MP or is he an MP? Yeah. Yeah, he's an MP. Yeah. Wow. And I think I think the difference there is the like putting all of your eggs in the athletics or mm-hmm. academic basket. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the people who are more academically focused but successful for a longer period of time are the people who see the value in both and aren't just saying I'm going to be a football player until I die because that's not going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's more what it is, too. I, I think athletics versus smarts. Yes. But also um, the attitude you take towards mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So like you said, being athletic, but with a backup plan or like not looking down on people who are academic. And right. those are the people that have maybe doubled the chance of being <laughs> successful in their life, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, it was it was kind of cool. It was cool to hear him say that it had a little bit of a ring of truth to it, I think, to a certain degree. So mm-hmm. <laughs> finally, someone is sticking up for a geek and I was really down. For yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Tony. <laughs> Tony always Tony. has like great little nuggets of wisdom yeah. i like that about yeah. him on the show he has like the most overarching like he sees everything yes you know, you know being a drug addict he uh you know he has a lot of life experience exactly. <laughs> it's awesome shit so we move on to the next scene um nick is at the piano he's singing the song yesterday by the beatles and he has an absolutely lovely singing voice joey approaches him at the piano and uh, of course, Joey Bean himself says that, you know, dad, if you keep writing downers like uh, that, you're never going to get a hit. Joey, he thinks Nick wrote the Beatles song. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand. Like, I grew up in a house with music, even if I didn't like all of the music. I knew what it was. Yes. How do you how do you grow up in a house where your father is a musician and not know a Beatles song? What are the most um, popular Beatles songs? I don't know about you. But Joey's a little bit of a dumbass. <laughs> I know, but there are like levels of dumbassery. And I feel like this transcends. What was that thing he did earlier? Oh, Nick was talking about different musicians. And Joey's oh, yeah, like, and well, he, knew none of them. It's like, he didn't know anybody. Yeah. Yeah. He's he is clueless. I'm sure he only listens to Vanilla Ice. He's probably met jacket. some of these people. Yeah. Well, and I like, think I think like hearing Nick sing yesterday, just the piano and Nick probably sounds different to him than a recording of the Beatles with all the other music, like 
all the other instruments and stuff. Even though we know it sounds the same, he's probably tuned out. Oh, that's dad's like favorite song, whatever. I don't care. Uh, nope. I, don't, I call I don't, Tom nope. Foolery. That's bullshit. I'm just trying to find a reason here, you guys. <laughs> he, he's just a dumbass. He's just a dumbass. Just a dumbass. So he reminds Nick again that he needs the car for Friday night. And he says again that it's crucial he passes his driver's test because the girl he's dating is only turned on by men who drive. She sounds like a keeper. Mm. So Nick does this sneaky daddy thing again, like he did in past (laughs) episodes where he tries to like tell secret lessons. He's like, secret lessons. It's like, it's like hiding healthy food into cake to get your kids to eat vegetables. Mm -hmm. So he goes, okay, Joey, what's your favorite song? And he says, uh, stereo by Def Leppard is the song that he, um, references. So Nick's like, okay, so you know, that song backwards to forwards, right? You know, all the words, all the melodies go play it on the piano right now without any practice. So Joey starts just starts wailing on the piano. I was like, my soul hurt the poor piano. Just he just starts on wailing it. on it. And he goes, oh my God, I can play the piano. I'm so good. Guys, the level of dumbassery. <laughs> Isn't the song Hysteria? I might have gotten it wrong. Yeah. He does make a hilarious joke, though, or a reference where he's like, don't worry, I didn't listen to the record backwards. It's fine because it was coming right out of the like the satanic pan. Yeah, I only listened to it backwards once. And the only word that made sense was snarf. (laughs) So this was coming out of, I think, in the 80s was like the biggest time of the satanic panic where parents became convinced that if you played like Kiss records backwards, it was giving Mm. you messages for the devil or yeah. whatever. All hail Satan and stuff All like hail that. Satan, yeah. yeah. So for him to drop this line was <laughs> so funny. And I, I don't know if you know this, but Snarf is a character from He-Man. So who only said Snarf, <laughs> who, who would say Snarf, Snarf. So, you know, just adding to the little bit of oh adorableness. <laughs> this sort of felt like a filler scene because they're just saying stuff kind of that they've said before. So I don't know if they yeah. were running short on time or something so again joey's a regular he's got to get his scenes he's got to get his lines in man (laughs) so it was funny but it felt like it wasn't needed (laughs) so we go to blossom's bedroom six arrives and announces to blossom that the girl johnny goodman was going to take to the dance broke her leg so now she's going to the dance with him Sure. (laughs) sure he asked five other girls but her name is six right so So it doesn't even matter Um, So Blossom does say, you know what? She's planning to go to the dance with Fred after all. And Six kind of protests, echoing Joey's sentiments to a degree, but she kind of words it in a different way. This is where it's like, I'm not with Six, but her reasoning is a little bit more solid than it was before. (laughs) Let, let, Let me explain. Okay. So she's kind of saying the same thing as Joey, where she's like, if you go out with this kid, your reputation will be tarnished. But she says it more from a perspective of, whether you believe that or not, this is just what life is. Yeah. Yeah. She says this is high school. Yeah. The line that six said that I, my notes just say yes, six in exclam and in capital and exclamation points is when she, she is the only character in this entire episode who acknowledges that Blossom has been tricked into going out with Fred. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that it wasn't, <laughs> it shouldn't have been her 
fault in the first place or her mm-hmm. problem in the first place to deal with. You know, we've seen what we've seen. But yeah, she acknowledges that she got tricked in the first mm-hmm. place, which is great. So, yeah, she says the same things as Joy, but she says it in a different way where she's just trying to be a realist as opposed to being a classist, I guess you could call it. So I kind of respect it a little bit more. So she redeemed herself, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So at this point, we're back in the cafeteria. This scene breaks my heart. We're back in the cafeteria. Blossom approaches Fred, who's sitting alone at a table and says, you know what? Great. Her plans have changed and she can go to the dance after all. Fred's like, oh, that's great. I'm so glad you can go to the dance because I've already asked somebody else. And Blossom is just flabbergasted. How could he Mm -hmm. ever get a date that wasn't her? Mm -hmm. Fred has the sassiest uh, response that he does to her, which I just I loved. And it felt like justice. Yep. He calls her out actually by starting off. Well, he asked this other girl to the dance, but you know what? Maybe he could just cancel on her. But to do that, he'd have to come up with some elaborate story. Blossom could help with that, right? Yeah. Sick burn. Damn. I was so happy that he said that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, you you know, everyone's like, oh, he's a geek. He's a geek. But not once in this episode did he take shit. No, no. You know, it's he was never the underdog like everybody was making him out to be. So he goes on to ream her out for. First of all, like thinking that she's so much cooler for him that he couldn't get another date if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And that she thought she was like helping him out by going yeah. to the dance with him. And then expecting that he'd just, you know, jump at the chance to take her back, even when she mistreats him the yeah. way that she did. So mm-hmm. I I have notes about, oh my God, is snarky faked acting is like all of my notes for the scene are just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Giving, giving Blossom a taste of her own, her own medicine there. Yeah. And him saying things like, well, you know, I asked you because I thought you were, you know, you're really smart and you're sensitive and you're basically a nice person. Yeah. Like he used to think she was nice, but not so much anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says that being rejected from her the way she I don't I don't even think it's just this not wanting to go on a date with him. It was the way that she went about it yeah. hurt a lot more because he thought that she was a kind person. And there definitely were kinder ways that she could have. Well, it was like broken off the yeah. date. And I think it's the fact that she that never agreed to. He brings <laughs> up that like the way she approached not going out with him or making that decision just proved that she never had respect for him, which like mm-hmm. you cannot be into a person, but you can still respect have respect for them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he clearly has way more self-respect for himself than yeah. anybody else has or blossom has for herself like he might be a geek or whatever label you want to throw on it but at least he knows who he is and he's not afraid to be that i think we haven't really talked about what exactly makes him a geek because i don't i don't think it's very clear because if we look at blossom as a like character as a whole not just this episode she plays trumpet in the school band Mm -hmm. she does well in school she's smart she enjoys school but she still has friends and is like kind of popular like not in the popular clique but she still has friends and isn't being bullied so what makes her different characteristically from someone like fred who is being called a geek well she's borderline hot if we have to if we have to go off of and he's wearing glasses he's wearing glasses yeah. <laughs> and a pocket protector that's what yeah he's wearing glasses they she's all that him 
And that means obviously he's a nerd. But yeah, they have the exact same type of personalities. They do mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. And there's never any indication that he doesn't have friends. He's clearly able to get another date as soon as he wants yeah. one. Mm-hmm. But he chose yeah. to ask her. Yeah. Now she's stuck without somebody else to ask. Like she is more, I hate using the term, but more of like a quote unquote loser. Yeah. You know, than he ever proves to be in the episode. Because like even like the geek characteristics of the way he behaves in the first scene like the the laughing funny the sneezing in his hand all that kind of stuff that never happens again that's that's not actually any part of who he is that that part seemed out of character for who he is in the rest of the episode so it's just i don't i don't fully understand besides the costume choice there seems to be nothing that like makes him a geek versus anybody else Mm -hmm. he's just that stereotypical revenge of the nerds looking geek yeah and maybe that's the point they were trying to make and they do like joey points it out all the things like the trumpet and whatnot that blossom does Mm -hmm. so maybe that's the point is that she's not any better than him i mean obviously that's the point but like yeah i don't know he seems like a cool dude and i would hang out with him yeah (laughs) says the geek just a cute boy (laughs) so what he has some sweet dance moves come at me bro so we're at the final scene of the episode it's the night of the dance, and we catch Joey mid-rant as he reveals that he flunked his driving test because he ran a red light putting in a CD. How mm. dare they? That's what happens when you don't practice on the road. Right? Or crashing into photo Or an idiot? Or, Why would he, or, you're not supposed to put on the radio during, during the driver's test. Uh, he needed his tunes. So Blossom is sitting on the couch as he's doing that, and she gripes that well, at least he's not missing his very first dance. But then Joey says, yeah, but I'm still missing the dance because my date won't go with me because I don't have a license. And this other boy, Bobby Shapiro, has a new Trans Am, which dated. (laughs) My dad had a Trans Am. Then he had me (laughs) and sold it. Oh, my God. Yikes. (laughs) The roomy car, sir. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he could fit my mom and my older sister but not adding a, a second child nope no sorry <laughs> oh my god so joey has a freaking tantrum and runs upstairs and then nick talks to blossom about the situation as he does he says the fact that she feels bad about it means she's ultimately a good person which i guess is true and that good people are miserable all of the time so she must be a really good person <laughs> I, I do agree that her feeling guilty for how she treated him is a good sign. If she it didn't is, feel absolutely. Yeah, if she didn't feel guilty, then she'd just be a terrible, terrible human yeah. being. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean she is a good person that made a really, really terrible, misguided decision. And then Nick actually then reveals that he himself was a bit of a nerd in high school. He was the kid always playing piano at the school assemblies. He had glasses and nobody ever wanted to take him to a dance either. Mm-hmm. So they have this sweet little moment. Where Nick goes, well, do you want to have this dance? He throws on the radio. They start to have a cute little father-daughter dance. Oh. And then we see Joey running downstairs in a snazzy new leather jacket for his birthday, (laughs) which has never really said it's his birthday beyond the fact that he's getting or trying to get his license. Yeah. Well, I had notes at the beginning of this that I then deleted when I got to this scene, but I guess Mm -hmm. I can talk about it because he talks about how he's almost 16 
which I was like, don't you have to be 16 to get your driver's license? Mm -hmm. So then I actually looked it up. And in the States, you have to be 15 and a half to get your learner's permit and Mm -hmm. 16 to get your driver's license. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, maybe it was different in 91. And then we got to the scene where his birthday is Friday, the same day he's going for his test. And then it all made sense. So they should have just mentioned something about that earlier. Because it didn't make sense till literally this scene when he comes downstairs with his birthday present. Although, you know, if you're watching this in the States, that probably clicks for you right away. But for us in Canada, where those thems ain't the rules. I think that used to be the rule for us, too. Used to be 15 for learners permit. And then, okay, because I remember rules changed around the time I got my Mm. G1. Because I think that's just when they started calling it G1, too. Okay. Because I'm old. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. So maybe maybe they just figured, you know, us saying that he's getting a driver's license will clue people into the fact that he's turning sixteen. Yeah. So he runs downstairs in this net in this really cool leather jacket that we have seen before, but he's just getting now. Yep. <laughs> and I just have a note saying it's his birthday with like four hats, four question uh-huh. marks on it. Like and there's no cake. They did nothing. There's for no his cake. Birthday. They did nothing. Yeah. And he failed his driver's test. So a, happy uh, birthday, man. It's <laughs> weird. Cause all I could think of when I saw that jacket was the da, 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 He wears outside. it during that episode. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so la- just, yeah. The last episode. Oh. That song in our heads for the rest of our lives. <laughs> so Nick has this sweet moment where he says, oh, Okay, well, Joey, maybe you should have this dance. And Joey, being the dumbass that he is, goes to dance with Nick instead of Blossom. Yeah. Then Blossom <laughs> dances with Tony, and there's this cute freeze little frame. Pop freeze frame on all of them dancing Adorable, with one another. Yes. Guys, we got dance, through it. Uh... This was a contentious episode. Well, we did get through it, but I feel like we'll have uh, a little bit more as we discuss our lessons in a bit. <laughs> I don't even know what my lesson is. (laughs) I didn't even know how there were so many thoughts in my head. I didn't know what to write. So I feel like my my lesson is a bit of a throwaway. But let's see. Mallory, we'll start with you because I know you had a lot of feelings. Okay, so I feel like the lesson they were trying to impart was if you commit to something, follow through on it. Like Nick says, you made a commitment to go on a date with this guy, follow through with it. Mm -hmm. I I hate that. Um, (laughs) because what I would rather take away is the opposite of what I felt this entire show episode was saying, which is you are not obligated to date anyone, especially if you are tricked into agreeing to it, Mm -hmm. agreeing to one thing and being given another is not consent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It makes, uh, especially these days when consent is such a, such a big issue, Mm -hmm. consenting to one thing is not consenting to all things. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, oh God, that, what was his name? Justin Whalen character. I don't remember his name. He just, the fact that he did that to both of them just made me mm-hmm. so, Ugh. so angry. Go yeah. make a bad D&D movie, asshole. Oh, it's not <laughs> his fault that he did that. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's the character's fault. It's not the actor's fault. But yeah. But, no, no, that's, that's a good lesson. Like, that's yeah. pretty much like, my, that was pretty much my lesson. It was more of the, you know, the don't trick people into doing things that they don't mm-hmm. want to. Like, that, that's mm-hmm. such a, uh, it makes me feel gross. I didn't like yeah, it. well, I felt like if you were watching this in the 90s, like going into high school, whatever, this is such a bad, bad lesson on consent mm-hmm. and could lead to so many terrible situations of girls being taken advantage of because they agreed to to make out with the guy and then he wanted to do more while he while mm-hmm. we agreed to make out. So that's some real pretty and pink vibes. <sighs> 
Yeah. So that was yours, right, Eric? Yeah. Ish. I'm not happy with it, but no. (laughs) So I slanted slightly the other way. I didn't know how to word it. So I just put labels are meaningless. (laughs) Yeah. To elaborate on that, what what I think I mean by that is that this episode is called The Geek. Everybody, you know, calls Fred the geek and why he's awful. And Mal, you kind of went to that point of what even made him a geek in this. Mm-hmm. He had some glasses on. He had his shirt tucked into his pants, like literally nothing he did. He didn't want really. to ruin his his shirt with a pocket protect, like with his pens. Like that. that's just it's, that's nice. And, being nice to your mother. Right. <laughs> so he ended up having more like self-respect and consideration for people in this episode than anybody when really he was getting slagged on the whole episode. Yeah. So at the end of the day, whatever you think somebody is, isn't who they are. Mm-hmm. So that was mine. There's also that idea like Blossom thought she was higher up on the hierarchy than she really was. Yeah. Like it. it it felt elitist of her to be like that. I just I didn't like it. It didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like we put the list of all the things that she does, like why was it that she thought she was, not that anybody's better than anybody, but why did she think that? It's it's weird. Like I remember in high school, there were these kids that used to play magic every lunchtime and they would go somewhere else. And I didn't care about it. Like I went to the music room to (laughs) play music and like, they were all just the same. Like, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure they got picked on. I'm Mm -hmm. sure they did. High school. Uh. Let's go to something (laughs) a little bit more fun. Let's do our outfits of the day. Ooh. 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 There was so much more happening in this episode that I barely had time to even look at the outfits, which is super weird for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Eric, did you have a favorite outfit? Well, obviously it's the head geek from that geek dream because he has a gigantic tie. The adult? A, yeah, the adult. <laughs> he has a cardigan sweater, but he also has one of those tie. Not a card. He has a vest. Like a, a what is it? What was that material? You know, you'd see like, professors wear them in movies tweed tweed yes and then he had like a nice sweater you know honestly it looks very comfortable i would wear something i would be i would wear that that tie was too big though <laughs> mallory uh so i chose joey's outfit in the second scene the one the with the piano one? no 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 the oh. one with the piano oh. which is just layers on layers on layers mm-hmm. so the bottom layer he has a gray undershirt it looks like it's one of those like thermal waffle oh, yeah. fabric ones. On top of that is a bright blue sky blue shirt with a little button at the collar. It's one of those little, mm-hmm. it's not a polo, but it's got the one button. On top of that, he has a red vest that seems to have some sort of like brown spots on it, like a <laughs> pattern of polka dots. Mm. And then on top of that <laughs> is an oversized yellow denim jacket. That's yep. a lot. I didn't even clock how many layers were happening there. And That's- it's the primary colors. Also, fun fact, those are not the primary colors. School lied to all of us. What? <laughs> the primary colors are yellow, cyan, and magenta, not red and blue cyan and magenta i mean that's what people call those colors when they don't know shades of colors you would call magenta red some people would i don't know matt thinks green is blue people have different eyesight is wait is matt like colorblind though it's an actual thing that can happen sometimes in certain in certain genetics people see shades of green as blue isn't that just a type of colorblindness yeah there's a specific word for it like with that specific color set yeah, yeah. There's like so so there's different kinds of colorblind. So some people mm-hmm. I know there's like a red blue colorblind. Yeah. There's like different ones. So yeah, he has the the green blue one. 
But in conclusion, which the primary prim- colors are yellow, <laughs> cyan, and magenta. <laughs> which which primary colors though? There are a couple sets of primary colors, right? In color theory, there's the additive ones. You can make any color with yellow, cyan, and magenta. That's why printer ink is yellow, cyan, and magenta. Mm. You can, there's a bunch of colors that you cannot make with yellow, red, and blue. Yeah. But we're all taught in like kindergarten well, that the primary colors are yellow, red, and blue. Because there's different. This is not a topic we need to get into here. Uh, as someone who works at a newspaper, yeah, I understand. Anyway, it's not important. We're out of control today, guys. Oh, yeah, that's mine. I still have to be mine. Whew. So I put in caps. I like Blossom's outfit. Which one, though? This is like the first time ever it's happened. So I did it based on her first scene, but I actually liked it better once she took the jacket off in the second scene. Oh, yeah. So she has black and white horizontal striped shorts over black tights. She has cowboy-ish style purple boots. She's wearing a really baggy white t-shirt with a black vest over top. And now in the first scene, she's wearing a denim vest, but it has like plaid panels on it. So plaid is kind of her thing. Mm -hmm. But it, it was actually super cute. And it was even cuter when she took the jacket off and you could see the baggy t-shirt and everything so that was mine yeah i was just super excited i liked the something that she wore (laughs) all right our final thing to do and then we can just go scream into the void (laughs) because there are a lot of feelings today our score so i'm I'm gonna go with eric so eric out of five horn-rimmed glasses what's your score one (laughs) one okay anything more or is that just no you've no, I've said we, my, I've said my piece. Yeah, yeah. Mal, one. Yeah, I it, we've 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 talked a lot about it, but just to reiterate, consent, it's a mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I am also a one. This episode was bad for clearly lots of different reasons. Mm-hmm. It taught a lot of bad lessons, and um, that's it. <laughs> so hopefully, next episode will be a little bit happier. From the looks of it, it's not going to be, but um, let's see what happens. I don't, I don't know if it'll be happier, but it might, it might be better. <laughs> Our we scores might, get might be higher. <laughs> slightly more warm fuzzies from it than we got from this yeah. week. So next episode, we are going to watch season one, episode nine. It is called Tough Love from everybody here at In My Opinionation. Consent is key. Labels don't matter. We love you all. Thanks for coming, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to In My Opinionation. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IamOpinionation, our website at IamOpinionation.com, or email us at OpinionationPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your opinionation about this or any future episodes. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, the sun is going to surely shine.